0: Hi, this is Joe Jacobson at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. This is the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. Independent, we are.
1: It is, yes. I like you playing Joe Jacobson. Uh, relevance uh, with Wales playing tonight as well. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Nice review to kick off the show. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we'll be hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth and David Stockdale reflecting on the 0-0 draw at Portsmouth last Saturday. Stocko, Stocko. That's what
1: you have to say when you mention stuff, isn't it? I see. I take like Stato from Fantasy Football oh, I for get those it. who remember.
0: Thanks for explaining. Yes. Uh, <laughs> your, also... mate, your mate David Badil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Another reference. Um, <laughs> also, I'll be reflecting on the, uh, the Cup exit on Tuesday yeah, night.
1: Ah, yeah. I didn't see that one coming particularly.
0: Uh, going down to Ascot
1: on penalties. But, you know, you have to say. Fair play to Ascot for for taking it so seriously uh, and getting through to the final.
0: Yes. And also we'll be heading back in our time machine to the 2007 to 2009 seasons uh, where Scott McLeish was uh, firing in the goals. Some spectacular ones as well. I was just watching one a little earlier against Chesterfield. And impressively, he's
1: still playing, which when you're our age... You know that that's quite good. It makes you feel like you know I don't know. <laughs> there's hope that maybe we could still be footballers if we
0: could revive our careers. If we yes. have had one, um, no, fantastic. At the age of 48, he's still he's still uh, playing and has played for so many clubs. Will be will be. Uh Well, looking at some of them and uh, hearing some great stories from him as well. Looking forward to that. And we have part two of my chat to Rob
1: Kuhig. Um, uh, Two weeks ago today I was in Louisiana uh, Uh chatting to uh, Mr. Kuhig. Uh, We will be finding out um, his thoughts on stadium redevelopment um, and also uh, on whether he's ever been tempted um, to part company with Gareth Ainsworth.
0: All that and more to come in the next hour here on the Wickham Wanderer Show. Uh, But first, let's take you back to Fratton Park, uh, on Saturday and obviously Portsmouth one of the teams who well they've been a bit kind of up and down haven't they in their form of late as well but um I think it's I fair to say you never quite know what you're going to get with Portsmouth that's true right.
1: you. you either get a sort of stunning victory where you think I didn't you know I'm surprised they beat them or yes or they don't seem to be doing that well um and uh, you know 0-0 against Portsmouth again well not a bad result but again really we do we do need to start winning guys you know I, I, I'm pleased enough with with the point but it's a do, br- brilliant tip as well. We need to start, start winning, you know, at this stage of the season. Particularly when you, I think it's just when you look at teams like Plymouth, who have now won what their last at least their last five matches in a row, and it's like, well, yeah, you know that that's that's what you need to do at this stage of the season mm. when it's March and we're beginning to look, you know, and goodness me, you know, let's remember as well, the season ends at the end of April, um, you know, it's slightly earlier than normal this year, so we haven't actually got that many games left, and this is where you want to start putting in that sort of like unbeaten run. I
0: was going to you look at the other teams around us and you think oh they're not dropping points you know if they were dropping points as well it's exactly
1: think- that yeah yeah i think you look at it um and and you know there, there aren't many l's in the <laughs> no in the, in the teams that i mean i mean the the wld bit um you know there aren't many l's in the teams in fact the only ones that are sort of like appear to be struggling at the moment are rotherham and they're clear enough anyway <laughs> to not really have to worry they can afford um, it so yeah so we definitely need a few more w's on the board in a plymouth argyle type way that said of course you know we have done well and we are you know now on an unbeaten spell mm. and it's you know it's a good way to bounce back from obviously the the slight dip in form that we had sort of a month or so ago
0: and the calories have obviously got the, the team well organized and as you'll hear uh, in a few moments time as well their goalkeeper got man of the match
1: yes yeah absolutely and i mean again that that's where you see well we were obviously dominant just the fact that we had so many shots on goal um and yeah uh the fact that he was he was man of the match well you know you have to slightly say well fair enough okay
0: that does seem to typify recent displays as well a lot of shots uh, in, in, Indeed, in recent yeah, games yeah so suddenly uh, the the stats have slightly
1: turned themselves on their head haven't they whereas normally you would sort of expect to, to maybe see it the other way around uh actually you know wickham are dominating the 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 stats charts at the moment lots and lots of shots lo- lots you know lo- lots of chances uh we just need to put a few more of them actually in in and yeah then i think actually the the top six uh it's, it's definitely achievable
0: by uh, the end of the season pretty tight at the back as well, I've not conceded too many and that's goals a game, that's
1: another good thing isn't it, and you know, Stocko being absolutely fantastic at, at getting the clean sheets, um, so things have improved dramatically you know, when you look back on the, the Paul run and you know, some of the crazy results we had, you think back to the 5 all and whatever, well yeah, you know, that, that hasn't happened again um, but at the same time, yeah, you know, we do need to start scoring a few goals,
0: um, but we're definitely doing the right thing at the back Oh, excellent assessment, I'd say. Uh, so let's hear from uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth, who spoke to Phil after the game. 0 uh, 0, as we say, everything but goals, really.
2: How it's 0 0, I'll never know. Um, their keeper's man of the match, you know, and, uh, and rightly so. You know, he's made some fantastic saves. Came for a lot of crosses, came for a lot of corners, and, uh, and that save against Lewis Wing's free kick is phenomenal, you know. So the power of that was uh, was enough to take it in. But he, that's why he's an international, uh, and, uh, and fair play to him. But. Um, I don't, I don't think Pompey had a, a shot on target today, which is great. It's great testament to the way we're playing at the moment, the way that the boys are staying solid, resilient. Um, the wind was uh, the wind was howling today. In our know, first half, we definitely had it with us, and we knew that Portsmouth would have it second half. But again, the boys adapted really well, and again, we created the better chances second half. So um, yeah, real, real blood, guts, and thunder, as predicted. Um, just a shame we couldn't we couldn't finish it off today, but. Um, I don't think it's too damaging that. Looking at the results today, and uh, the top the top teams can go and have their own private battle. But there's definitely uh, three places to be uh, absolutely scrapped for. And, uh, and as long as we're in that, which we are, it's uh, it's a brilliant place to be. Ruining those missed chances, given the backdrop of the results elsewhere today. A little bit, but you know you can't come to Portsmouth and expect just to win. You know you, you've got to you've got to earn the right. And we just didn't hit the target at the right times. Um, and when we did. Bozzini was, was equal to it you know and uh, unfortunately it just didn't drop at the end there you know the pitch is in fantastic condition by the way it's a real good pitch to play on and, uh, and I thought we'd played the better stuff um, Gareth McCleary Jason McCarthy linking up really well Dal Horgan fantastic game from him and, uh, and yeah just uh, just missing that killer touch and uh, and that happens sometimes, but we'll uh, we'll regroup now. Um, the lads will have some days off because they need to recover, both physically and mentally. And all the boys um, who aren't playing mentally, you know, I've sort of <laughs> I've stretched them as far as they can, frustration-wise. They need some time off, and they need to know that when it comes back, we have got seven games to go, clean slate. Let's go whatever decisions I make now let's get behind the boys because all anyone wants to do at this club is get promoted uh, me included and, and it would be a fantastic achievement for this club I know we were there last year but honestly this would be a fantastic year probably eclipsing what we did because um, this is a, this is a huge huge league this season some of the teams in this league and, and the season really is split into two hasn't it it's, it's a bottom and a top there's, there's no real middle ground in this league and uh I think it's going to be the highest points total ever for a playoff, and I think it's going to be the lowest total going down. You know, it's it's a real split league, but the calibre of teams in it is uh is making it that way, and uh, just glad we're at the right end. And another clean sheet too. Another clean sheet, which is great. That's four in the last five, is it? Yeah. So losing all my stats here. The boys, I said to the boys, there's nine games to go the other day. There's only eight. I'm I'm all over the place, but. Um, <laughs> there's seven to go I know that now and when we get back we've got seven cup finals if we keep clean sheets in them all we got a hell of a chance uh, I'm looking forward to it now but I'm also looking forward to maybe just a, a, a couple of days off because uh, it has been really intensive can I just say thank you thank you to the fans today who travelled here because you are absolutely fantastic you out sang Portsmouth at times which never happens but I think it, that tells the tale of, of, uh, of how this Wickham side now is, is really turning heads yeah
0: not bad for a long ball team, eh? Not bad for a long ball team. That was <laughs> And also, join us in next week's show when you find out what what Gareth and the team do on their days off.
1: Yes, yes, because uh, he said that a few times. You know? yeah. Yeah, almost as if he was sort of like just seeking a bit of reassurance from Phil. So, is it all right? <laughs> uh, we're going to have a few days off. Is that okay? Oh, yes, that's fine. Um, what he says about the table as well, when, oh, you, when yes. you look at the table, is, is absolutely right. Um, and the games that we've got to go... Uh, very much sort of like fall into in pretty much to two categories of you know we're either playing the teams that are around us or we're playing the teams right down the bottom. So so Doncaster obviously being the next home game uh, on the second of April. Then we're away to Cambridge, who who are towards the bottom mm. but probably just about have got enough points or need, maybe need a few more just to make sure that they're safe. Uh, then Gillingham, who are just above the relegation mm. zone away, so that's going to be tricky. Of course. Um, then Plymouth, who obviously keep winning. That's uh, Good come, Friday. Yeah, that's Good Friday. They come to town then AFC Wimbledon away Ooh. who are struggling tickets for that go on sale tomorrow by the way to season ticket and holders they're new ground uh, they're new ground exactly so the, the tickets are being restricted to season ticket holders only first because uh, I think they're probably thinking that actually lots of us fancy going to that and ticking off another ground uh, which yes I, I definitely put my hand up for that one um, then Sheffield Wednesday away and, and uh, sorry Sheffield Wednesday at home Ooh. and then Burton Albion uh, away Burton probably again but a bit of a Cambridge probably just about safe Sheffield Wednesday but um, Sheffield Wednesday at home at home the penultimate mm. game of the season last home game of the season you know we hopefully we can sell that one out and actually make the make the atmosphere fantastic to that could be a that real three-pointer yeah that could be a real three-pointer
0: <laughs> uh, also david stockdale of course uh doing very well at the moment with his clean sheets it's important to have clean sheets isn't it, it is yes especially in away games um, <laughs> and uh he's he's top of the tree i think uh joint with the uh the, the portsmans goalkeeper as well oh is he what what for clean sheets yes yes yeah, uh, he spoke to Phil afterwards as well
3: yeah I felt we controlled everything real well today we looked on top from the start we didn't hold up I mean there's a bit of a wind you m- might be able to see but in the first half we got on top of them we played some great stuff and then the second half they came out as you would do and, and we looked comfortable all game and, and to create chances that we have done as well so it's it's not a great day but it's a good day all round Great place to play football. That atmosphere is great, and you are
4: enjoying a bit of to and fro with the fans as well on the front end.
3: Yeah, I always do that because that's what they come. They come for a bit of fun, and sometimes when your team's not scoring, it's best to uh, give a bit of stick to the goalie. So yeah, might as well give it back, and uh, it was all in good jest.
4: Have you had a look at the other results today? Because a lot of draws in and
3: around Wicker in the table today. No, a few people said uh, I don't. I don't usually look it until there's two games to go, or, or someone says you can't do it. Um, We've just got to concentrate on ourselves Put as many points on the board And I'm pretty sure that I've been told that there's some fixtures Coming up for other people Against against teams like this And, and for us to be Drawing against top of the league And Portsmouth who are in a good In a form We've we just, uh, we just got to win the games as, as many as we can And if you're keeping clean sheets And creating chances I'm sure we'll have a good chance
4: Five games now unbeaten Three wins, two draws Four clean sheets in that. That's really good form stage of the season when it really matters?
3: Yeah, I mean like, looking back now we had we had that um, bumpy period and it was always belief, like things will turn working hard we work hard all the way through the season but you just have to put that extra, extra five minutes in on a set piece or <laughs> The manager will, will keep us in. Or like today, there's a few of the lads that have paid out their own pockets to come and stay, even though it's not an overnight stay for the club. Just to do things right, because because the gaffer's asking us to do everything we can. So that's what we're doing.
4: And there's a weekend off now because of the international break, with Wickham, with momentum, is that a is that a pain, or is that something that you can sort of relish and have a break?
3: It can go both ways sometimes. Um, I've always been at clubs after you come back stronger but running into that break with with the vein of form that we've been in I think it gives everyone a rest and you're not coming back with not pressure but you're coming back with that impetus to kick on sometimes when you go into it on a bad period you can't wait to get back and you don't really relax and and do everything you need to do and spend time away from football sometimes
4: and also away from football um, there's a charity drive in Wickham to do with the situation in Ukraine and that's something that you're getting involved with as well tell us a bit more about that
3: um, well I've seen it on, on Wickham Sound that he was looking for donations <clears throat> to go over and just look after people in, in need in Ukraine uh, in a dire time um, so I got in touch um, we were trying to get down to, to do a bit of support but um, I'm going to be donating money and hopefully people can take a look at it and donate what they can and sometimes people can't but I'm in a fortunate position where I can help people and um, just having that thing in my mind that I'm helping people that are in a a time that nobody of my generation has experienced and a few generations Um, so it it kind of got to me and I wanted to uh, help in some way shape or form.
0: Really nice of David Stockdale oh. to, to support the campaign in that way as well. Thank
1: you for mentioning us as well, 1-3. That was very nice.
0: Yeah, really nice. Stoggo, stoggo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're very impressed.
0: So moving on to uh, Ascot United. The sem- semi-finals of the Bucks and Bucks Senior Cup. Played um, at the racecourse.
1: Indeed, yeah. A crowd of 1,267, which was a record for the racecourse. Not the actual racecourse, like for when it's Ascot. But, you know, <laughs> like, like the football team. Of course. Um, uh, a nil-nil draw. Uh, the game went straight to penalties. Uh, we only scored one of ours. Ascot scored three, so they went through. Um, and you know, fair enough. On a penalty shootout, you have to take your chances and whatever. But even so, you know, full credit to Ascot United uh, for to, to clearly you know putting out a decent team. Um, so we we put out um, seven regular players, and then the rest were all trialists. So it wasn't exactly a full strength um, side. But even so, you know, we had kai Kai in there. Um, Jack Grimmer, exactly. Um, Chris Freene? Uh, yeah, yeah. Adam Prisbeck. So you know so it, it was a fairly decent yeah. you know decent side um a good game by all accounts uh but yes Ascot going through on penalties um so they are through to the final of the the Barks and Bucks uh senior cup and Maybe, all, we come
0: to focus on the league indeed yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes you know it's one of those things that actually once you're out the cup it doesn't doesn't it's not really important is it the cup <laughs> but yeah. i think it's been really nice actually No, definitely. have taken it seriously and we have been in it and I you know I like to see it being taken seriously because also you know just it supports non-league football which is a really really important thing and really really good so you know well done to Wickham um, and to Reading and to mk dons he's a slightly begrudgingly for actually taking it seriously um and you know and, and may that that continue as well be nice to see us in in um the competition again next year
0: and really nice for advert for sam grace and his his up-and-coming sort of side and, and players as well that he's kind of discovered a great opportunity for them to have a run out yeah
1: yeah definitely um and yeah you know, and a shame that actually that they couldn't go all the way and mm. couldn't get to the final because that would have you know obviously been uh really really good for them um but yeah nice to see that the the b team development squad whatever you want to call it it's been called so many different things hasn't it over the past few years um but yes i think i think we could just call it sam grace's boys you know nice to see them uh you know actually getting some experience and getting some game time
0: still to come on the wonder show uh we'll hear part two of rob's chat with uh bob yeah that's right around isn't it um yes you, can, you start either way around really couldn't you i just realized <laughs> you could <laughs> two people speak in a conversation the, that's how it works uh, either way uh, it works yeah uh, in louisiana a fortnight ago now yes it was you can hear the full chat on the website. Uh, a reminder as well that uh, the uh, full interviews with David Stockdale and Gareth Ainsworth are available on Wondrous TV uh, as well, if you'd like to hear a bit more of those. Perhaps a bit more wind from Portsmouth as well.
1: It, it did sound quite... You, you, you can see why it's down on the coast, can't you?
0: Yes. I, I, was, yes, I was quite Because David Stockdale said you could see the wind, which oh, I, really? I thought was a could strange you? thing to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't usually see wind, can you?
1: No, not normally. But if you've got corner flags, then I suppose... That's a
0: good point, yeah. Yeah. That's why you have the corner flags. Absolutely. Yeah. And to see where to take the corners from. Yes, yes, that's right. (laughs) In case you think you've wandered onto a golf course or something. (laughs) Next week, uh,
1: we'll do more on the basics of football. (laughs) Next week, the (laughs) throw-in.
0: Join us for that. Uh, Part two of the Wickham Wanderers show on the way. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. (laughs)
1: Can you put your ukulele away, please? Still to come on the show, uh, we will be hearing uh, from Rob Kuhig, uh when I went out to Louisiana. Um, we also have to say a big thank you as well to everyone um, uh, who has said nice comments about the interview because you can get the interview as a podcast, um, the whole thing. It's been said it's in a slight Louis Theroux style, which I promise I didn't do deliberately. Um, but anyway, we, we have got some nice comments about it, which we will mention later on in
0: the programme. All for the cost of absolutely nothing as well. You could just to that, can't you? You can, yes. It's completely free. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very entertaining. Well, not entertaining. Well, it's a bit entertaining. There's some entertaining. Hopefully. Events, yeah. I
1: didn't set out to make it
0: boring. First, though, uh, I've been catching up with Scott McGleish, uh, who you might recall, uh, was a striker at the club from... Uh, Colt tu- Hero. Tu- absolutely. 2007 to 2009. Uh, scored plenty of goals as well. Uh, a couple of goals of the season uh, thrown in there as well. Uh, brought in uh, under uh, Paul Lambert, of course. In fact, uh, here's how he first joined the club.
5: A bit of a strange one, to be fair. Um, year before, played against Wickham when John Gorman was in charge, from when I was at Northampton, and I met John in the summer after that and he said, oh, right, I wanted to sign you at Wickham, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but we'll we'll cross paths at some point. And then literally later that summer, Colin Calderwood left Northampton. John took over and that was it. I was there. I was, I was signing with John, but not at Wickham. And then when John resigned from Northampton, it would, he'd been asked to put me on the transfer list and the other two strikers as well. And John said, I'm not putting Scott on. He's the captain. Uh, he's our talisman. So, no, I'm not putting Scott on the transfer list, but he's absolutely left. I got put on the transfer list a couple of months later. I think it was in the January, end of Jan. Paul and Wickham coming in to take me on a transfer. I'd scored, I think I'd scored five in the last seven games or something. So, they were doing well, Wickham, Northampton, Real League, one by then, and he'd come in to buy me. So, it was really strange how it happened. It went from getting promoted the year before to being placed on the transfer list by the chairman at Northampton. Didn't hear anything and then all of a sudden there was a call saying Wickham have come in for you. The manager at the time was Stuart Gray at Northampton. He said, I don't want you to go but you gotta be able to go and talk to him and go talk. I want you to talk but I'd like you to come back. But I went and spoke with Paul and I was happy with what we were talking about and the project and I decided that the move was right for me.
0: So it must have been such a sort of interesting time in your career.
5: Yeah, like I say, I'd say I stayed mainly at clubs for like two, three years. That's what happens in the sort of League One, League Two. Um, but I'd scored goals and as a striker, that's your main role. So, but I think it was more to come in and back up to start with what was already there. Because that year for Wickham, they were doing really well in the in the league, but they were in the semi-finals of the League Cup and Tommy Mooney and Jermaine Easter were scoring goals for fun so I think the the initial idea was to come in and put pressure on those two but also release and sort of not stresses off them but knowing that we could rest them in certain games and I'd go in and be just as good as such and that's how it really was to start with I was mainly back up when I first went there which was obviously a bit strange for me because I'd come from a team that I was playing at a division above to then literally sit there, take my turn as a sub, and in a way it was strange, but in a way it was probably the right thing because Jermaine and Tommy didn't deserve to be dropped for me. They were scoring goals and doing real early part of the season before I got there.
0: But once you did start to get around in the team, you must have felt that you really kind of hit the ground running and were really pleased with your own form as well.
5: Yeah, we, me and, me and Paul had a chat in the summer and he said to me that I made a little bit of a mistake. Obviously, I stuck with the other two boys because of what they'd done. You haven't really had a run in the team, but don't worry. This summer, you will. Tommy was leaving. Jermaine was looking to leave. He goes, this, this season, you'll get your chance. I was like, yeah, listen, like anybody, all you want is a chance to earn your shirt, and then it's down to you to keep a shirt. And I say like, that year, I think it was 26 league goals. So I proved myself right, and obviously Paul had proved himself right in signing me.
0: I must have felt a great time to be sort of contributing as well, because obviously getting to the playoffs that year too.
5: Yeah, and that, that was a, that's the thing you want. You want to be able to progress. You want the team to be up at the top end, so you're challenging for things. And as a striker, you want to be scoring goals that can help you do that. And like I say, thankfully, I was able to do that. But the team, as a whole, was scoring goals, which was good.
0: And you got two goals of the season as well, voted for by the fans. That must have meant a lot to you.
5: Yeah, obviously getting any award is nice it is it is a team sport but getting any personal award is nice but any award you get off the fans just means a little bit more because they're the ones who pay you to go and watch you um, and they're the ones who see you week in week out and if you can get something off of them that means you've delivered week in week out
0: and you must have had a really great relationship uh, with Paul Lambert as well
5: yeah like I say Paul I think he, he gets it from Martin I mean, it was when we, when I first come in, unless we had a Tuesday night game, he kind of didn't see him early part of the week. Obviously, he had his family to contend with in Scotland, so he back and forth a little. But he didn't want people or players to be friendly, friendly with him. It weren't like, oh, we're friends. There was a relationship was a manager and a player. Yes, everyone got on with him, and there was banter and all that as well. But there was a strict line of professionalism. So when he was in, it was like, right, the manager's here, I've got to sort of make sure I'm on my game, I'm on my training session, I'm not mucking about. I I think he might have got that from Martin, but yeah, I mean, uh, Paul told me, you know, Scott, look, just keep doing what you're doing. I can't teach you how to score goals. He goes, because that was never my role. So for what you're doing, you're scoring goals, you're getting yourself in the right positions, keep doing it. So it just gives you belief in yourself when people say that to you.
0: And also, as well from many ex-players we speak to, you from from different areas, they really comment on the the great camaraderie among the, among the team in the dressing room. Was that something that you felt in the time that you were at the club?
5: Yeah, yeah. We had some. To be fair, I say characters. We had some good players in there. Um, I mean, Tommy Dock uh, Gary Holt, Sergio Torres, Stefan Oates. I mean, you're talking there's midfielders there. Matty Bloomfield who's still there. We had some really, really good characters in there, and then you've got like some Mike Williamson and Russell Martin who have gone on and gone into the highest levels. So the, the camaraderie between everybody was was fantastic. We we all wanted the same goal, but we all also enjoyed each other's company, and that's quite rare as a club. at that time, it was it was going well. The season before, semi-finals of the League Cup as a League Two club. That second year, riding high and ended up in the playoffs. Yes, we got beat, but in the playoffs. So as a club, from the outside in, it looked fantastic. And at the time, it, for the players, it was fantastic. Anything we, we wanted to do, we could do together. The, the, we travelled, we, we prepared right, we had everything we needed. Um, you couldn't afford it at the time.
0: And overall, how do you look back at your time at the club?
5: I look at it as a success, obviously a tinge of not regret because I never regret anything. Uh, I do. You, you have to live with it. Uh, but a bit of a sadness the way it ended. Um, but that's football.
0: No, definitely. And are any particular games or goals or occasions that really stand out from your, from your time at Adam Spark?
5: Probably the easiest one to stand out would be Mansfield away. Uh, we won 4-0 and I got all four, even though they try to say one of them was an own goal. I remember that we had the red and white quarters kit on, windy night, and we beat Mansfield 4-0. So that stands out. And the play-off semi-final against Stockport was obviously a bitter memory. But again, like I say, that's football. These are the highs and lows you've got to get on with.
0: It's fantastic that occasions like that really do stand out, though, because obviously you've you've made so many uh, appearances and huge congratulations for for over 1,000. It must be something you must be so proud of.
5: Yeah, I mean, they say over 1,000. I mean, that's 1,000 still counting because obviously I'm still playing step five non-league. Um, but I think if they want to call it the professional game, it was 800, I believe. So, but yeah, 800 in any professional level uh, considering I didn't do an apprenticeship. I started in non-league. I jumped seven divisions as a 20-year-old and never would have thought I'd get anywhere near 800 professional games. Um, yeah, I'm very proud
0: of it. <laughs> you must see someone like Adam and Fenway retiring this season and thinking, well, I'm still playing, I'm still...
5: <laughs> well, yeah, I've moved back a bit now. I, I mean, I'm assistant manager, but it becomes player assistant manager, and, yeah, you know, I, I tend to fill in up front if need be or play centre-half if need be.
0: <laughs> and do you have any other sort of particular sort of favourite clubs that you've been at? I mean, you had a couple of spells at Chasham, obviously, locally, you so say Northampton did really well there as well?
5: Yeah, Northampton. Uh, I mean, if you look at my career, I've kind of been at a club, gone away, come back, be it on loan, or another period. But Northampton was a really good period for me. But obviously, all in four times technically, I was there, and that's that kind of become your spiritual home because I've, I've been there so many times over the period of my career.
0: And do you look back at sort of favourite goals? Obviously, you've had. Obviously, you've scored so many. But a uh, particular sort of really stand out goals that you remember, or or just pleased to still be doing it.
5: No, um, obviously, there's a few standout goals. Um, Northampton, we won 1-0 against Chester, and I scored it, and that got guaranteed a second place and promotion, so that one stands out pretty easy. And then I had a couple for Colchester. I scored an, an, overhead, oh, yeah, an overhead kick against Bristol City. I think that was my 100th goal, so it's just it stood in my mind. I mean, one for Northampton ended up being against Bristol Rovers, and it was like... My 100th league goal. So I had a 100th career goal and then a 100th league goal against either side of Bristol. But I do actually remember a goal. I remember the goal. I can't remember if it was Northampton or Colchester against Wickham. It got played over the top. I ran on, took a chest and then sort of volleyed it from 25 yards over the advancing keeper at Adams Park. I'm not sure that will go down too well, remembering that one.
0: <laughs> no, perhaps keep that quiet. Um, it must be so nice for you to be in the position that you're in as well. To, I'm sure you get younger players you know, asking advice all the time, and obviously that you, you've sort of been there and done it.
5: Yeah, so this year when I was at Leverstock, we took over in the summer. Um, not that you go in and promote what you've done or nothing. I kept it quite quiet. Um, a lot of the boys there knew that I'd played football, and you're talking 10 years ago I stopped playing professionally, but... There's a, there's a few there, 18 or sort of 21 year olds, who weren't quite sure or what, didn't know that I actually played professionally. And I never told them. You're coaching them and they're like, OK, they're listening. And then all of a sudden, one of the older boys in the team has said, you do know Scott played, did not you? And they're like, and the, the next training session, you can see their ears prick up a bit more. They've Googled me or they've looked on video. And one of them actually said, you actually played. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a sort of different sort of dynamics then players are now like whoa Scott what can I do to improve how do I do this where before they just thought you were a non-league coach and they're trying to step forward and go higher now all of a sudden they're tapping into you like you say going, what do I need to prove on how do I do it is there any help you can give me like any coach that's what you try and do my role at this club I'm at now is to develop the players and if they move on to higher and better things then hopefully I'll play a small part in that
0: and do you look back on your career with such pride because obviously yeah, it's, it's such longevity as well and the goals that you've scored and, and the difference you've made to, to so many clubs as well?
5: Yeah, definitely. Like I say, when I started, I was an apprentice electrician and I gave that up. I, I took the final exam after signing for Charlton, and I actually failed it. So that was a big step. i walked away from a job for a year's contract I actually took the exam the following summer and passed it because I thought oh, otherwise I'd wasted three years of college. Uh, but that following summer when Charlton released me, I was like, well, what do I do now? I'd give up work. I'd give up a, a, a full-time job. And the Charlton reserve team manager, Keith Beacock, said, don't you worry, I've had eight clubs phone up, six are definitely interested. So to go from an apprentice electrician giving up my work to to accept a one-year contract to end up still playing professionally 18 years later. I'm mightily proud of it.
0: I'm guessing you still keep an eye out for how Wickham are doing as well. Obviously, fantastic to have been in the Championship for a a season and doing pretty well in League One as well, competing with the top six.
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a shame that when they were in the Championship that obviously we see what's happened with Derby and that, that they've literally stayed out on goal difference and things could have been different. But more importantly, they couldn't get the fans because that one season, stay up or get relegated as they did on goal difference, the finances that could have been generated would have set the club up even more so. But it's not stopped them. They're still in with a shout of getting promoted again through the playoffs. And we've seen them in the playoffs once or twice before. And recently, the record's been good.
0: I want to say, obviously, for someone from a first-hand experience, because as a fan, it feels like the playoffs are such a lottery. Is it, is it like that when you're playing in
5: them? Uh they're not my favorite <laughs> i so i had i think I had four goals at the playoffs or five and then three goes at the, the johnston paint league trophy sort of area final at the time, and never once got to the playoffs or the showcase final, so yeah, they're definitely not my favorite at the playoffs but they make the, they make the seasoning interesting for a lot longer because you look at it now, some of the teams are clear. And if it was just the automatic places, then there wouldn't be a lot to play for for some of the clubs. But it definitely keeps the interest in it. Generates more money for every team, um, and it's been around so long now; it's, it's second nature. But it, I never got to the final, but I can only imagine they are the best feeling in the world. If you go up, when you don't go up, it's got to be the worst feeling in the world because you don't even get a trophy, you don't even get a runners-up medal or nothing. You just literally. Walk off the pitch you're not you're not promoted end of
0: <laughs> It's very strange, but I guess that that's that's what we like about football I guess
5: yeah I mean you get to a cup final they get a runners up middle you get into a playoff final yes, it says final, but it's either you go up or you don't so that's that's why and you tend to see a lot of teams have a little bit of a hangover, and all the ones who get sort of be in the final to have a little bit of a hangover start of the season I know we did when we was at um, Barnet we got there and then the next year we had a hangover and then the third year we got there again so we got kind of got there year one and year three and we had a hangover both times after that because we never never went
0: up The lottery of the playoffs uh, brilliant to chat to uh, Scott McGleish and, and here is his thoughts I remember going to I think it was Cheltenham the home leg of a game against Cheltenham in the playoffs and that was that was quite nervy
1: Really interesting to hear Particularly like his non-league experience Mm. And what he was then saying About actually not telling the players Who he was And just then the change in respect When they figured out who he was just, you know, really, really interesting insight into actually what what happens to, you know, because clearly, not all players are going to go on and be, you know, managers or coaches at high-profile clubs. Um, and goodness me, you know, our hat off to Scott McLeish. Um, I mean, his career before he came to Wickham was was you know, was really like nine amazingly, clubs, yeah. yeah, you know, really amazingly impressive. Um, the fact that before he came to Wickham, he'd played a hundred times for Barnet, Colchester and Northampton. That's and that incredible. was before he even came to us. Um, and then afterwards, um, um, H1 appearances for Leighton Orient, including scoring 24 goals, um, plus some on loan there as well, um, Bristol Rovers, and then just a huge non-league career, um, Whitehawk, Chesham, Enfield Town, Wheelstone, um Etchware Town, Hendon, Leverstock
0: Green, lot, lots and lots of clubs. Still playing now as well at like the, still the, the ripe now. old age of forty-eight, which, as you say, is sort of our age, and, and incredible to to think that to keep yourself in that condition as well.
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, for some reason, it's sort of quite reassuring that he's still playing at our age. But in some ways, then, if you put it the other way around, <laughs> you slightly think, well, no, you know, really, that means that you know, rather than just sitting here drinking cups of tea and chatting about football, playing. we could still be out there running around. Yeah, yeah. In the dark. Although that's probably why he was actually a proper player and we weren't, because exactly. we just sort of like ran around and weren't quite sure what we were doing. And no. you have tried to put people off by joking at them,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
1: being, causing a distraction. I think you actually said that to Gareth once. Didn't you? Yes, distraction yes. tactic.
0: That's, that's yes. what I how, yeah. how, how could uh, affect the, other, the opposition, <laughs> put them off. Uh, final part of the Wicker Modern Show on the way. We'll hear Bob's chat with Rob uh, in Louisiana as well. Part two of that, uh, the whole of it, of course, you can catch uh, on the uh, the podcast version of our show as well. There's a, there's a, a, an extra a bit like the DVD, you know, you get the um, yes the extra bonus, you get the
1: outtakes and bits. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you don't really. <laughs> We don't get the aunt The Easter eggs. <laughs> I don't even know what those are. <laughs> the Easter eggs. That's what they're called, isn't it? On a DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking over to Luke here oh, who knows apologies. about such things. Didn't realise. Yes. Oh, I've, I've learned something. Like the little exciting bits, like you get in a Pixar film or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that, <laughs> that's on the way here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wicked Wonder show still to come uh, between now and chucking out time uh, we'll be uh, giving you some uh, very positive feedback that the show's had. No, notice we won't mention any of the negative stuff. No, there hasn't been any, has there? Not the, uh, <laughs> well, that's asking for trouble, that is. <laughs> Yes. is. You're going to get us. lots
1: of people telling you what Easter eggs are. Don't send us negative stuff. We were, out, fine. We? You know, we're, we're quite happy. Because we're the independent show, remember, so we're quite (laughs) happy with negative stuff as well. Yes, you've got some uh, breaking team news. I do have some breaking news, actually, um, which we spotted on the Maidenhead United website, uh, not actually on the Wickham Wanderers website yet, uh, and that is that Jack Waitley has joined uh, Maidenhead United on loan until the end of uh, the season. Um, uh, Maidenhead, do all the normal things of mentioning sort of like where he's been and whatever, and Chelsea, blah, 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 uh, and and welcoming him. Um, But yes, so we've seen that on the Maidenhead website. We haven't actually had confirmation of... Of it on the Wickham website, but I'm assuming that it's you know, the fact it's on the Maidenhead United it's website, kosher. exactly. It's not April Fool's Day yet or anything, <laughs> is it? All
0: well, the best to Jack for the rest of the season at, uh, at York Road, of course. Uh, but now we're heading back to Louisiana, which is not really an expression I've used many times in my life. But <laughs> but you were there, and it was the first time that I'd been there, so so I, I wasn't heading back. What were but your yes, first I impressions? No, oh, we're heading back as in we were there last week
1: we were that's and, true and you were yes. there a few weeks back yes. so we've, we're heading back um, my first impressions um, um, so actually when I landed where well, it, it was really wet and rainy <laughs> so it was like oh okay um, but the following day was was beautiful sunshine um, and it is a really really good destination to go um, particularly I think let's say like, like if, if you're, you're somebody who goes to America and maybe goes to Vegas or somewhere like that and you're looking for maybe a slight alternative oh. um, then definitely New Orleans, New, New Orleans should be on your list of, of places to go um and they do have gambling there as well so if, if you only go to las vegas for the gambling thing you can go to uh louisiana and, and gamble there as well
0: and you might run into rob kewig you might do yes it's <laughs> that sort of place isn't it yeah yeah everyone absolutely. knows everybody go you know go
1: and see rob kewig uh, uh you know mention mention wiccan wanderers to people and they, they might say oh it's the Wycombe combi wanderers uh and go and see missy as well in the bookshop in Saint francisville it's called the conundrum and you've got a trip yes i got a t-shirt from there but um, no book but you can I buy books, and I do feel bad <laughs> now that I didn't buy a book. Sorry, Missy.
0: Uh, so, uh, Rob has been speaking to Bob uh, about a number of things, as you might have heard from part one uh, this week, or, or now, uh, we discuss, among other things, the accessibility to the ground.
6: We're working on the access that remains the bugaboo to the place. Uh, until we get that beat, I suspect we're putting our head against the wall a little bit. Is, so, is, there, is there any ever a time where you think, actually...
1: You know, is there somewhere else in Wickham we could be? Have you
6: considered moving away from Adams Park? Remember that I am like 95% of owners, never 100% satisfied with the deal or what you got. Uh, I would, my partner in this is the trust and they are our landlord and they are jealous about the use of the facility as they should be. Uh, but every once in a while, we, we think, gosh, we're spending a lot of money. Do we really want it to spend it here? Or would we better off spending it out on the 404 or someplace? But you got to find a big chunk of land. you got to pay for a big chunk of land. And I'm, I'm at an age where I don't know that I want to get into a six- or eight-year battle to put together a new stadium. Yeah. Uh, but we have to do something with the Terrace in. Um, it is fit for purpose, but it could be so much better. I would like to bring it closer to the pitch itself. I'd like to make it a little bit more vertical. I'd like to put more, uh, hospitality area underneath or on top or both. Uh, and I'd like the sound to come from it to be as good or better them from the visiting area, which drives me nuts because they have that great acoustical area. Yeah. Um, but we've come up with a plan for that as well. Um, we're probably going to divide the visiting uh, away end in, in half next year and sort of move half of them onto the family side.
1: Now you did that a few weeks ago, and I thought it was wonderful. So you had the kids from Millbrook School, yes, come in, and you know because they're school kids, you know they made a lot of noise right. the whole game, and it was, it, yeah,
6: it, it worked. It was a really, really good use of that space. I have to tell you that the Millbrook School, a we're in a partnership with them now, of where they park yeah. cars. And Pete and Neil came to me and said, or Matt, and said, look, we'd like to give these tickets to the Millbrook School. Well, one thing people have learned is you don't go to Rob and say you want a discount or give. I don't mind writing a personal check, but I don't want the club to. And I And I was opposed to it, but... Pete used his goodwill, Matt used theirs, and and I agreed to it. And by coincidence, uh, for that game, we did a promotion for our subscription plan. And the guy who won, I don't know if this was top prize or the lowest prize, got to spend the day with me.
1: Uh, Yeah, so.
6: And so we're sitting having breakfast, and I said to him, when was the first time you went to a Wickham game? He said, Well, when I was in school, they gave us a free ticket. Yeah, okay, maybe these guys are on this so. up.
1: Definitely.
6: I, I think.
1: If you could give some tickets away to to, to a school for a, you know, right. each different game, you're going to get some of those kids. Right? Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, you know, the first game I went to, first football game I went to was when I was eight years old. Oh, really? Um, and you know, and, and I've been a football fan ever ever since. And you know, and I think there's a lot of similar stories as sure. well. You know, if you give the tickets to you know to the parents and, uh, and the kids then yeah definitely but it was a great use of that, that right sound.
6: no they they convinced me
1: yeah <laughs> that, that's, that's really good to hear but yeah so with regards to the access can you ever see another road going I don't I don't, I don't even know at, yeah. at the other side of the, yeah. the,
6: the, the, the club uh, and I'm not telling stories out of school we're working at that okay. constantly okay uh, I in fact asked Neil who's our operations guy And Trevor, why don't we have it? Let's. What do we need to do? And so we. That is Neil and I kid because I always come over there and I come up with a list of 23 things I'd like to do. Uh, But this is that's top in the off season. Uh, The only other thing I want to do that's even higher on, as high on that list is probably the replacement of most of the men's bathrooms. You know, isn't that weird? Yeah, but I can understand that as well.
1: Um, so, so yeah, you know, you, you do... It's, but the thing is, it's a room that you spend such a, a short amount of time. Right. At, but, you know, but at the same time... Yeah, I, I mean, it,
6: you want people to... I want people, when they go there, to walk away and say, that was a terrific time. <laughs> Did we win? And yes. then if we win, it's just that much better. Sure. I think the trouble with...
1: English football culture is that actually the winning is for 95% of the people who go that's the number one thing now I went to the the Pelicans game last night and I was really interested in that actually the whole psychology is slightly different Now the game was really poor it was a really bad game the first bad game we've
6: played in a while
1: okay yeah so Orlando Magic were much better really and should have been far further ahead and the, the pelicans didn't take the opportunities that they had right. to actually to, to be closer but what really fascinated me was that you know with still 20 30 seconds to go they will be doing things like the fan cam and the dance cam and whatever now if you did that at wickham and we were say two nil down with after 85 minutes you'd probably get a lot of fans doing rude gestures and, and not wanting to know but doing it at the Pelicans game everyone's still having a good time and dancing around and I thought this is the difference between us no, that's a, actually in England everybody goes because all they want to see is a Wickham one nil win it doesn't matter if it's a rubbish game and if it's a really poor goal if we come away and we've won 1-0 everyone's like oh yeah whereas the amazing thing with the Pelicans even
6: when they knew that they were going to lose everyone's still having a good time well you know it's, you're very perceptive because When I talked about buying the club, my brother Kevin, who is a huge English football league fan, uh, English football fan, I should say, he's been a Liverpool guy for 40 years, used to fly over to watch the team a couple of times a year, uh, knows every player for the past 50 years, Uh, Pete, big, big football fan. I am... I didn't come into it that way. I was a baseball guy, which is even more like that Pelicans game because you play 150 times a year. If you're going to get emotionally beat up because you lose a game, you got no place in this. Um, and, And they both cautioned me that my natural sort of tendency towards showmanship and having a good time ran the risk of being... Uh, not welcome is the kindest term I will use by the traditional fan and then I had to be very careful in how I approached it. Fireworks. I am in love (laughs) with fireworks.
1: Let's make sure that that's
6: done. Yeah. I get criticisms from people saying what is this about? Why are we... We don't need to waste our money on fireworks. And I'm thinking, it didn't cost you a penny. (laughs) Uh, What do you think? Because I don't have fireworks, I'm going to have somebody else playing striker next week? How about we recognize that it's the totality of the experience. And just as I acknowledged that free ticket actually got me some money, we have had many a family call up and say just trying to make sure you guys are having fireworks because the family loves the fireworks. Now there is there is a coterie of people a strong coterie who if we never have fireworks again will be happy. The fact that we've never lost a game of fireworks I was gonna say. <laughs> works in our favor and so we're trying to figure out if they should put them on for Saturday or not but it's hard at five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
6: but yeah, so that cultural divide that's probably I mean the biggest difference and of course Kevin and I'm I'm a reader so I've now gone back and educated myself on how the sport came to be you know from the mill guys working for six days and you get off at noon and you go get yourself loaded and then you go watch the mill team play yeah. that the owner that the owner sponsored to make everybody feel better. And then you could get drunk and you could have a fight and it was all male dominated. Uh, and and one of the first things we try to do and the reason we have missing on the board is that we believe in a family atmosphere. And that sort of runs headlong into a lot of traditionalists who think it ought to just be the guys out drinking beer and yelling and screaming, but a lot of the women do too. So we live in a different
1: culture. With regards to, say, our, our recent dip in form, is there ever a, a time where you have what we might call this sort of itchy finger trigger syndrome, where you're thinking,
6: "Is, is this the right guy for to be leading Wicked Wanderers? No. With no. Um, two reasons. Philosophically, I've run both of my law firms and my other businesses. And I am never a believer that, oh my gosh, you tried a case and you lost it, therefore you're not good enough. Um, it's the body of work that I'm looking at. Are we making progress as time goes on? You can't measure in sport, it seems to me. Even if you have a disastrous run of 20 games, that doesn't mean anything. It's why are you doing it? What's happened? What, what did we look forward to and the like? And so I, I have told Gareth, and this was during, either early on or, be, or during the run, I said, man, the one thing you should never worry about is your job security. You can lose the next 20 games, and I'm going to expect to see you next August here. Uh, he makes it easy to say that. I am convinced that he's a good judge of talent. He's a very good man-manager. He's pretty good at managing me, which is part of the manager's job, truthfully. Uh, you know, he keeps me informed. Uh, he and Pete and Andrew, I think, have a great eye for talent. Uh, so, look, if I, I expect to be promoted at the end of this year, but if we're not, that's the vagaries of sport, not the failure of him. Now, if he would have come up and do something absurd, that'd be different, but I don't see it. I mean, he's at an age where you know what you got. And then I, I watch a lot of these guys. What are they expecting the manager to do? Is he going to kick the ball?
1: Yeah. Frank Lampard recently saying, yeah. you know, did you, did you think I had a magic wand? Uh, it's really heartening to hear you say that and really that question was for, for all of the people or the, the, the minority of people on Facebook on one of the Wicked Wanderers groups that I've read in the past couple of weeks where they're questioning the manager and you think, well, this is the guy who's got us up you know, out of League 2, out of League 1 and, and surely after 500 games and 10 years you must realise that actually we're onto such an
6: amazingly good thing I hate to disappoint your listeners, but I don't do Facebook. I think I have something left over from when I ran for mayor 20 years ago. They opened up a Facebook account. I wouldn't know how to get onto it. My wife looks at it, but she's very judicious. She doesn't let anybody be her friends who's not her friend. I got a buddy or two of mine who are on it because they're like all soccer fans or football fans. They want to know what everybody's saying. And so they will call me occasionally and say, oh, you know, you got some f- disgruntled fans. Well, okay. Everybody has disgruntled fans. Right. You
1: know, it doesn't matter if you're Manchester City or, or, you know, or, or whether you're Swindon. You,
6: you, you got to remember whatever. my background. I ran for mayor and then I endorsed the guy who ultimately became mayor. And ultimately he went to jail. Okay. So... So I have had people vilify me in the past.
0: And you can hear more with Louis Theroux chatting to uh, <laughs> Rob Kuig uh, in Louisiana on the podcast version of this show. There's, uh, there's somebody in
1: ITV now writing down that, that last bit. You know? <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good mini series.
0: No, definitely. Alex uh, joined us. We've got some uh, reaction as well.
7: Yes, um, you said you said about negative comments. It's not really negative, but it made me laugh. Uh, strongest team on the uh, Wicked Wanderers forum, the gas room, said uh, the local station that seems to only broadcast to and from the car park, which <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh. I thought that yes. was very funny. Um, right in the middle, though, said um, that they they really like the show. It's good listening with the ex players. Um, they also like the the you know it's separate from the club as well, independent. Independent. Yes. <laughs> That's our new catchphrase. Um, they also went on to say. Um, that um that they really enjoyed the interview uh, other people have said they really enjoyed hanging out with Rob and Bob
0: which I thought was quite nice <laughs> that's going to be a mini series on it, it is yeah, yeah. yeah
7: okay. this week uh, t on twitter said uh, very interesting and informative listen as well um and paul lewis as well has, has quoted a bit about the uh, the stadium and oh, spitting yes. the fans which is i uh, very interesting
1: and Darren's dropped us an email uh, well. I was going to say, yes, thank you very much to Darren, who emailed as well, uh, saying, love the edition where you visited the Koo Higgs, uh, really different way of approaching a club owner and a really good listen. Um, he also talks about Missy um, uh, being a bookshop owner uh, and whether there's been any talk of a new official history. Not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure if you mention that to Missy, mm. straight away she'd be thinking, oh, that's quite a good so idea. So there's two
7: books we've got for them now, the ABC of
1: Wickham ABC and the history. Wickham, which yeah. was possibly is going to be a children's book, we're yeah. not sure. And and the, and yes, the top of course and, and the Trump. top trumps we've done well them. dog yes. leads as
7: well yes well done for bringing that up about the yeah oh the yeah, definitely yeah. yes
1: yeah you know i look forward to the away uh goalkeeper dog leads uh yes. that will be coming out next
0: year no definitely especially for the mardi gras kits as well yeah yeah
1: yes yeah. yes uh, and you know again obviously we've just missed mardi gras and that was one thing that was slightly annoying is that i missed yes. going to new yeah. orleans for mardi gras although actually the Lord it, May it, show. It, it's slightly <laughs> but actually if you if you haven't been there for mardi gras before and you're just there on a normal night you do think goodness me mm. if it's like this on a normal night i can Can't imagine what it is like on Mardi Gras night. It's
7: going to do the show from Louisiana for Mardi Gras next year.
1: The only slightly disappointing thing is they don't really do the pancakes. I know. It's like, come on, America's so full of pancakes. Why don't you actually celebrate? (laughs) America's
0: (laughs) full of pancakes.
1: You know, you can't get past a breakfast without having a pancake in America, (laughs) and yet they don't take the opportunity to actually celebrate a day of one of their best
0: culinary dishes. Oh, very strange
7: that's brilliant
0: I like that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your positive comments really really interesting to, to hear that you're enjoying the shows as well and, and obviously as I say Bob's interview with Rob Keogh uh, in Louisiana uh, it's, it's, it's Louis Thoreau-esque
1: yes indeed yes it may be coming soon Bob interviewing Joe Jacobson's dad in Wales <laughs>
0: <laughs> any no. final, final words for the week uh, oh no final words oh, oh, play playing me. for Iraq talk about playing for Iraq
1: uh, playing for Iraq uh, Al- Ali Alhamadi went uh, today and played for five minutes 85th for Iraq. minute he went on yeah. Quite a long way to go. Really <laughs> for five minutes, but there you go. You know,
0: every second counts at international level.